0: Hi, this is Monica Olivis. I love running, eating, and sharing the best tips and strategies to help you run your best life. It's time to get inspired, do the work, and be brave so you can chase down your goals. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Today, I'm recapping the short documentary, Lorena, Lightfooted Woman, about an amazing ultra runner from an indigenous community in Mexico, and we're talking about taking walk breaks. Cool or not cool? Let's discuss. But before that, I need some tough love with my goals. So let's start with that in the warm up. Before we start talking about goals, I wanted to let you know that this month's calendar is up now on runningrepeat.com. It's a workout calendar to help you stay active and accountable right now. There are three or four running days per week and three strength training days, plus reminders to help you plan every Sunday and reminders to check in with at runningrepeat on Instagram. More than anything, if you don't follow the suggestions, that's fine. If you have your own training plan that you want to coordinate with this, do whatever works for you. Always consult your medical professional before doing anything new. But the reason that I am encouraging this is that this is a challenging time. And if you want to stay motivated and accountable, you have to show up for yourself, especially right now no one is going to do the work for you. And that is kind of the theme of the warm up and of my goal talk today, because I just had this kind of wake up call, tough love moment as I was running yesterday. And I wanted to pass this along and share it because it's hard to navigate If you have goals that you want to chase down this year, whether it's a running goal, fitness goal, education goal, financial, whatever it is, if you still want to move forward toward your goals that you set at the beginning of this year or potentially new goals, it's up to you and you have to potentially reevaluate what your goals are or what they had been before this whole COVID-19 thing started, and what you can do realistically to still push yourself and to do things that make you proud of yourself. I mean, in the face of these obstacles, the legitimate health and financial hardship obstacles, for sure, and also just the obstacles of running with the mask, if that's required where you are, or not being able to run places, not being able to run with your buddy or a running group, meet with the coach. Races have been canceled. It's so discouraging. And I just want to encourage you to connect with each other online. And like I said, when you use, like when you tag at runny repeat or use the hashtag runny repeat, there are tons of people from all over the world that are updating and sharing their workouts. And I love that because I think that's, it's now more important than ever. I've always loved it. I've always thought that runny repeat people Everyone that is reading, listening, following, we have this cool thing in common, and I feel like we kind of have the same attitude about it a lot of times. So I just really enjoy seeing what everyone else is doing. I always think it's super inspiring. It's a great reminder to each other of like, hey, don't focus on what you can't do. And this is something that I have said in previous episodes, focus on what you can do. And I just kind of had, like I said, I was running yesterday and realizing that I don't want to give up completely on this year. I don't want to call it a loss and just be like, well, we'll see. At the same time, there are goals that I set at the beginning of the year that I am just not going to be able to do because of the realities of the situation. Like one for example, being kind. I don't think I can do that given the reality of the situation. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I heard you're not supposed to laugh at your own jokes. So when I laugh at my own jokes, I now am that's something that I'm thinking about. But I just when I was running yesterday, it felt really good. I was actually having a really amazing run. It felt like everything was clicking finally, and it hasn't been in a while. And I just thought. I still want to see what I can do this year. I want to see what I can do with running. And it reminded me that I had made quite the list of goals. And I hadn't really at the beginning of every month, I like to check in with my goals. I rewrite them down somewhere and look at them and just like get honest with myself if I am. If I have even touched or worked towards taking the slightest step towards a goal, or if I need to potentially focus on one or another one, I can change my mind. I can reprioritize things, but I just really had this moment of you need to go through your list of goals, figure out what is important and what is doable And I just wanted to kind of share that with you because I feel like we have stopped talking about goals. And a lot of times, as people that are interested in health and fitness and running specifically, we're talking about goals a lot, especially athletic goals that potentially people that are just living their lives without this endurance sport habit, hobby, addiction, whatever you want to call it, they're not talking about, right? And that has stopped because we can't. Races, there aren't races. There aren't, you know, training groups meeting up. And that's super discouraging, but it gives us the opportunity. And like I said, I don't want to call this year an entire loss, but there might be goals that are a no-go for this year. And I've just been thinking about that. A couple of questions to ask myself when I'm looking at my goals and figuring out what I can do this year, what I still really want to do, what is realistic to do, given the situation, first, ask yourself, is your goal literally not doable? It is not something you can accomplish because the goal day passed. If you really wanted to run Boston 2020 on that date, because that was a special date or another race, right? It was this, you were going to run with your running buddy on the anniversary of your first running meetup together. That date has passed. Something was canceled. You were unable to train for it safely. Something else happened health-wise with you where you're pregnant, you have a surgery, there's some other, you're moving somewhere where running is outlawed. I don't know your life. If it is literally not doable and there's no workaround, that sucks. It sucks. And you have every right to be mad, sad, sad. Confused, dizzy, go through all the emotions and process it. Because I feel like in the past, when I have trained for a full marathon and really thought, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do this, or I've really been clicking, like my running has been improving because I've been running with someone. And then suddenly that were to stop, it would really suck. And I think it's okay to just acknowledge that it sucks and then let it go, move forward, take your time if you need to talk to a therapist, talk to a friend, talk to your dog, talk to all of them at the same time, set up a Zoom call with all of them. I really, if you do that, would love a screenshot just for my personal happiness. If your dog was on a headset talking on Zoom, make me very happy. But take the time that you need and then decide what is next. If you were going to try... And chase down that goal next year or a next race or some other option because there comes a point where worrying about what didn't happen, what you can't do, what happened in the past is not going to serve you. So if it is a complete no-go, again, that sucks and I'm not being dismissive, but okay, now what? If that's not the case or potentially, if it is, you can ask yourself, can you adjust your goal? If you wanted to run one half marathon every month this year. Okay. So you're not going to be able to do that because some races were completely canceled. Could you still run 13.1 miles every month solo run two on a certain month? Just realize that those months you get a free pass, give yourself a pass and run a one half marathon every month for when the time comes that races are back up and running, up up and running. Just keep training and focus on training hard right now so that your next half marathon, you run the crap out of it and maybe train for a PR or something, like, is there a way to readjust that goal? Third, you can ask yourself, do you just want to let it go? Let the goal go. Just either give up on it, move on with your life, however you want to phrase it. You're free to change your goals and change your mind, but own it. You don't have to have a goal. Some of us are more goal oriented than others, And no one really cares about your goals except you. If it is important to you, then do it and go for it. But it's also okay to just not have one right now and to say, you know what? Me being active, being healthy, spending more time with my family, doing something else, whatever it is, that's more important to me right now. I just think it's best to empower yourself to acknowledge that this is your choice. And I just have more peace with it. If I ever am in a place where I'm like, yeah, that's not my goal anymore. Like my goal was to weigh 130 something pounds for the longest time. And then I was like, yo, that's never been a realistic goal for you. And you need to let it go versus, wait, maybe. If one year you get the flu and food poisoning and you go through a breakup in the same month, you'll finally get there. No, I was like, you know what? Let it go. I just play Frozen over and over. Let it go. And I've had to realize, acknowledge, let the hell go of certain goals in my life that I was like, you know what? That's probably not the best thing for me. And that could also be the case with a running goal, potentially, or with another health or fitness, with any goal. Own it. Own it. Own it. I haven't been watching Housewives, but when I think of the phrase, own it, I think of Lisa Rinna from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Own it. And if you want to just say, you know what, this year, I'm just going to focus on doing jigsaw puzzles or... I don't know, knitting sweaters for dogs, whatever your jam is, and not necessarily PR in the marathon, that's cool too. But I think because everything that changed and it continues to change with the coronavirus happened so abruptly, and races were canceled when people were ready to just like run the heck out of them, and potentially you've done so much work, right? And it is very heartbreaking and frustrating for that, just everything to be abruptly changed. And there have been legitimate obstacles. And it's also fair to just be like, you know what? No, I'm going to start over next year. And this year, I am not going to worry about whatever running, race, triathlon goal I had. I have been doing that today and yesterday. Like I said, it it came to me yesterday because I realized that Some of my goals, the goal to, um, let me, I actually have them up right here. Oh, I have been rocking. Look at this though. Spend quality time with a friend or family member one time a week. That was my goal. That was one of my goals because I had before lived an hour away from my family. It, It like weighed very heavy on me and I just thought every time I spent time, quality time with someone, with my nieces, with my mom, with my little brother, I felt so much better. And I was like, I'm going to make that a goal this year. I put it on the list. I have been spending quality time every single day with them, not just once a week, because I am now living in my parents' back house, close proximity to everyone else. So there's that. Um I thought I had a number of races that I wanted to run this year. I guess that's just in my head that I want to run a half marathon every month. It wasn't one of my goals, but I was going to just adjust it to a race every month that races are back up and running. And I also have a time goal for a marathon. I really wanted to run a 335 full marathon this year. It has been very challenging to train given everything that's going on, given the fact that running paths have been closed. So I've had to just find neighborhoods to run in or I mean, not find I've run around neighborhoods where I am. And it's like I said, it's not runner friendly. There are dogs potentially out that go to chase you. There's a lot of cars. There are places where there's no sidewalks. You just have to run in the street. And obviously, I'm really trying to be safe. It's not helpful to say I trained my heart out and then, you know, something bad happened, get an accident or something. I'm trying to be very safe and very mindful and do my best. Oh, actually, that's where I was going with this. I don't think I have been doing my best. And that's what occurred to me as I was running yesterday. And I was having a really good run finally. And I just realized that more than any of my list of goals that I have for this year, my big goal, my big theme, the big thing that I want to keep in mind every single day in every interaction, in everything I do, in everyone I interact with, in every run that I am going on, do your best. That is the theme for this year. Do your best, do your best. And I haven't been doing my best. And like I said in the beginning, I've given myself a lot of grace in realizing this is a hard time. And there's a lot of stress. There are a lot of actual physical obstacles of roadblocks and places taped off with caution tape. You can't run here. You can't go there. You have to potentially wear a mask. There have been a lot of obstacles. And so I've given myself a lot of grace. And now I think I am getting more used to this new reality that I'm running in. And I realized I am not doing my best. That I have, at this point, the grace has turned into phoning it, not phoning it in, but just like not doing the work. It's hard work. It's hard work to run a marathon. It's hard work to run a half marathon. And it's even harder work to PR, to run a strong race, to get faster, to really have a race where you cross the finish line and you feel freaking great, where you, you're you smiling, you're not hurting. That is hard. That is hard work. It takes a ton of hard work to train for a race. And I just realized, okay, giving yourself a lot of grace, Monica now. And don't worry, I don't talk to myself in the third person. I kind of wish that I did though, because I think that would be very funny, but I have given myself a lot of grace and now I am just like tough love city and looking at these goals if it's something I'm not going to be able to do this year, I'm going to take it off the list and focus on the things I can do. And I might not potentially be able to chase down a PR marathon because I am someone that gets very nervous and I need shakeout races. And I I probably need extra confidence building races this year because I just feel like I have been through a lot of like mental setbacks with everything and I am super, super not confident at the same time, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try my best. And I think that acknowledging that versus making the excuses because it, it's, it's a hard situation. It's a unique situation that none of us could have planned for or saw when we were writing down our goals for this year but if you have a running goal i just wanted to ask you are you doing your best and if you are like hopefully you can be at peace with that because i can i know i know if i am doing my best like i'm not naturally athletically gifted But if I know that I am doing my best, I'm doing the work, I'm showing the heck up. And at the end of the day, at the end of the race, whether you win, lose or collapse on the finish line, you can say I did my best, then you have to be at peace with that. And so that's kind of where my brain is right now with everything. But yeah, let me know your thoughts on that. I wish we could go for a run and talk about it. Hopefully, you're running right now and like really doing your best. Now, let's get into the main event. I am so excited to talk about Lorena Lightfooted Woman. It's a short documentary. You can watch it on Netflix. And it popped up in my queue recently. I was all over this. I shared it on Insta stories. I said, if this is your jam, also watch it so that we can talk about it. And I've given it some time. Now let's discuss. Just a heads up though, there isn't going to be spoilers. It's not that kind of documentary. There is no suspense aspect to it. It's not like, oh, and then there was like some character arc in the story or you'll never think this. It's not that. It is literally documenting her little life. Her is Lorena Ramirez. She's a 22-year-old living in the mountains of Chihuahua, Mexico. She's a part of the Tarahumara indigenous community in a very rural part of the country. I also do want to acknowledge that I realize I'm very Giada, you know, from the Food Network, how there are certain words when she's cooking that she says super Italian. And, but the rest of how she's talking is not with any sort of accent. I can't not say umara like that. But I'll still just say Mexico. Like, it's not like I'm saying Mexico. I know. I hope that's not a deal breaker for you. Deal breaker, ladies. Okay, moving on. If you're not familiar, the Tarahumara are the best long distance runners in the world. They are legendary. They are the basis of the book Born to Run. If you have not read or listened to Born to Run, I highly recommend it. But these people have lived in these rural parts of Mexico. It's the Copper Canyon, very challenging terrain. I think they've likened it to kind of like the Grand Canyon and they get around going to other communities, going to the store, going to school, hunting for their food, through persistence hunting, on foot. so they will walk or run everywhere. And that's kind of what is acknowledged in how Lorena and her family, why they are so awesome at long distance running. this documentary, focuses primarily on her. It does mention, though, that her dad is a very accomplished ultra runner as well. And it starts with her running a race. It's just footage of her running a race. There's also footage of, you know, the beautiful mountains near where she lives. And she's running. People are cheering for her. You can see scenes where she is very well known. She has won a lot of ultra races now. And is is famous in in the ultra running community, and it's this very cute and just like I love it kind of combination of people wanting to take pictures with her. Her seeming so, just like not uninterested in a bad way, but just like living her like what I just run. I run a lot and I run fast. And the first thing that you hear her say is, I don't think about anything. It feels good to strive towards a goal. And I actually wrote that down because I was like, I love that. And they don't even really say what the producers asked her. You know, obviously it is like, what do you think about while you're running, which is a question that I think long distance runners sometimes get, you know, like, what do you think about? How do you run so long? And it's like nothing. She just feels good striving towards a goal. From there we go and we see where she lives. And again, very rural place and they're showing just day-to-day life. I found all of this fascinating. Because I really love the Tarugumara story, everything about it in the book, including because they do talk about it in the book, what they eat. And they show a woman, I don't know if it's her mom, because they didn't talk to her at all, but knocking corn off of a cob, and there's like a little boy sleeping. And then she, Lorena, is drinking something out of a mug. And I just was like, what is she drinking in that mug? And Can I get the recipe? I don't even care what it is, but it has to contribute to her magical running powers. I just wanted to know all of the things. And for the most part, I guess my only criticism of this would be, as a runner, I wanted to know more about, yeah, like, what, what is she doing day to day? Is she just super that active and not training for races at all? Because that's kind of insinuated in articles that I've seen about this. What is she eating? <laughs> what does she do, if anything, for recovery? And more details about her gear before we get to the gear, though. So like I said, her dad is a very talented ultra runner, and she seems to have His talent, he described her, and I thought this was really cute, as a deer. He's like, she's like a deer because she's very quiet. She's just quiet, looking around, looking around, won't really talk. And then suddenly darts off. And that is a very endearing way to put it. Also, later in the movie, he says it doesn't matter. She doesn't have to win. I think they were kind of asking him. And I just realized right now that I have to guess what they're asking them because they don't record what the producer's question actually is. He's just like, no, it's nice if she wins because of the money, because she wins prize money. And she says that as well. But it's not always possible. Like their attitude about it seems very genuine. And like, definitely, it's like they realize that they are talented and it feels good to win. Like her first quote is like, it feels good to strive towards a goal. But at the same time, I mean, this is some hard stuff. Like, even though she makes it look easy, it's very, very challenging. There's a couple of parts where she's sitting with her brother and he's kind of talking for her. Like, he's asking her questions and just kind of seeing if she will agree or disagree with them. And he shares that she didn't go to school, that basically the girls and their family, because they have other siblings, the boys all went to school. The school was like a five hour walk or something. And the girls wouldn't go because it was so far and they had to stay home and help with the animals. And they also mentioned, in addition to the five hour walk to school, that it's always been a really long walk if they wanted to go to the store. And they realized if they ran, they would get there faster. So they did. And there you go. I love that because it seems so simple. It seems like I really relate to this because I walked for a long time. Like I really just started running through walking. I just would walk because I thought it was good exercise. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get healthy and I got bored. And it's also kind of very Forrest Gump, right? Like I just felt like running. So I really love this kind of natural way That they describe, like why and how they run. The movie shows her in different racing scenarios. And they don't really, though, say what race it is, what place she's in, because there are some races where she is in the, she's just starting the race, and other ones where she's mid race and crossing the finish line. One of them, I didn't even realize that she had won until the way people are congratulating her. So I feel like on that end, again, as a runner, like if you're just watching this documentary because it's just, you like documentaries and this seems like an interesting story, I think it would be okay. But as a runner... I wanted more of, wait, what race is this? Is she in first place right now? What is going on? Where's the next person? No one else looks like they are in sight. I thought all of that, that's part of what made me so excited about it is I wanted a documentary of her running and running these races. And I wanted to talk about, There's footage of her running some of the ultra marathons and walking, grabbing a water. She stops. She's walking for a while. It looks like she's pouring water like on her hand or something, taking a drink of it. And then she'll start running again. This happens more than once where they show her walking. And if you were not familiar with trail races or ultra races, it seems very odd to think that she is a very successful, accomplished ultra runner. She has won races, placed very high in races, kind of seemingly coming out of nowhere. I think she won a race that her dad had won like previously. She is amazingly talented and she is rocking it. And it seems weird to see someone walking in a race, if you only know road races or you've only seen races on TV around the time of the Olympics in ultra running, often they are trail races. So they're super long races An ultra marathon is anything that's over 26.2 miles a marathon distance, anything over that. And often because that is such a long distance, they're not going to shut down roads for 30 miles. They are on trails. So it also makes it more challenging, more technical. Sometimes it's single track. So people kind of have to be like close together, single file. And when I ran my first trail race, it was an ultra marathon. I somehow got tucked into running. A fifty k. It was actually called the Born to Run Ultra Marathon, and it is in California. It's in a city called Los Olivos, which is one letter off of my last name, and I think a magical coincidence. So, the Born to Run Ultra Marathon was my first ultramarathon, my first and only, I've not done an ultra marathon since, but it was also my first trail run, not just trail race, trail run. I had never run on a trail before. I had never went on a trail run one mile, three miles, any distance at all. I had never run on a trail. And then I was there to run over 30 miles on a trail, like a big thonta. I survived, obviously, and I learned real freaking quick that we started, right, we're going, it's early in the race. I was like a mile or two in and in the distance, I see a big hill that we are going towards and the people in front are walking it briskly, marching enthusiastically but they are not racing up that hill. And I was a little confused, but humble enough to realize that those people are better than me on every level. They have they're more experienced, they're better runners, they're faster, they know what they are doing. That's where we walk. It was a steep hill and that's and we have a long bumpy dusty road ahead of us that is a walking situation and just like that it was like okay like this is what you have to do in an ultra race or a a trail race like it's just standard practice and I wanted to note that because Even in full marathons, the lead pack is sprinting. Like you would not see them walk up a hill, even Heartbreak Hill in Boston. They are sprinting up at all times, every hill, down everything. Like just you just don't see people walk in a race that potentially win it. And I wanted to make it a point to address that because I realized that people – Talk about walking like it is such a defeat. And I recently, when I shared the running and strength calendar, shared a chart of like run-walk intervals. If you are new to running and or getting back to running or just want to use run-walk intervals, there are four different kind of like categories of options. And I know that a lot of people tell me, oh, I ran three miles, but I took a bunch of walk breaks or I can't run it all the way through or just like questions about walking breaks as if it is some sort of failure and it's not. And this is further evidence and just another opportunity to remind you that sometimes it is a part of a strategy. And... If you know that you have a very long road ahead, a very technical path that you are trying to navigate, or your base, your cardio base isn't strong enough to take you for a complete 30 minutes or what, however long your run is without taking a walk break, then plan it into the workout instead of seeing it as a defeat. And be smart about it. And that's part of why the run-walk strategy is a strategy. If you plan it into your workout from the very beginning, or you know if something is this steep, or is this technical of a trail, whatever it is, like every body is different. So whatever works for you, do it. And if potentially you need to plan walking breaks, if there's like a crazy... Hill in your neighborhood, or on a route that you're running, or some very messed up gravel potholes, whatever it is, be smart, be strategic, and set yourself up for success. Plan it out, be smart about it, so that at the end of your workout, at the end of your run, you don't feel like, but I walked. You feel like I crush that workout. No matter how you have to run, walk, whatever, hop, skip, jump, roll. Just when you are smart about planning out your training and your running and you're self-aware, I think that it's just a good opportunity to set yourself up for success. So that is my little rant about walking. Also, what made me very happy is she's wearing a neck gaiter. Which is something I have been talking about so much lately with the coronavirus situation. I actually, I think I first got my neck gaiter at that trail race that I did. It was the first one that I ever had. I, I feel like either someone gave it to me or it came in a swag bag. I do not know. But I was wearing them a lot over the winter Recently, and then continued to wear them and realized that it could work as a face mask if you needed to wear one while running. And I actually did a video about it. I'll put a link in the show notes. But I found her gear very interesting. She wears traditional dresses. So she's full on wearing like a skirt or a dress and sandals in most of these races. But it's like a funny little combination of things because i also think i saw her with a smartphone in her hand at one point at one of the races and she was wearing a camelback at another race but she's still like in the traditional dress and like in the sandals and they pan across and show like everyone in their running shoes and then her and her sandals at one of the starts of the races and she's opening up a box of gear at some point, you know, companies probably are just like sending her stuff and she's, she opens up a box of running shoes and she looks at them. She says like, these are nice, but I probably won't wear them to run because people that wear shoes like this are usually behind me in races. And I just thought that was burn. Oh that's a slow burn and I'm a slow runner. So that's what I get. But I just thought it was like really funny because she is not cocky. She's so quiet and just like, just seems like the most quiet, shy person, but that was like funny. And she did like a little smirk after, like she knew she was like being cheeky and just, I'm obsessed with her. So, I suggest if you haven't seen it, you watch it on Netflix. I felt like it was super inspiring, even though it was not enough. Like I when I realized it was only like under half an hour, I was disappointed because I was ready to just like hang out with this with her and with this documentary for three hours plus. I was hoping it was a series like I hope we were going to see like an entire racing season. But if nothing else, I really... Super recommend it, and it just just reignites my little happiness about running, long-distance running, the Tharumata people, ultra running, all things running. I just, I'm a fan. Now, to quickly recap the top three from today. Number one, you can see the strength workouts and check in with your workout for today at runnyrepeat on Instagram. You can get the May calendar on runnyrepeat.com right now. Print it out, use it, follow it along. But I really encourage you to stay accountable and stay motivated. Two, it's okay to walk. Even Lorena, the best ultra marathon runner in the world, wearing sandals and a dress, speedy as heck, sometimes walks. And three, Consider reevaluating or checking in with your goals, adjust as needed, and then chase them down. Links to everything mentioned today are on runeatrepeat.com in the show notes. Make sure that you're following me on Instagram at runeatrepeat and check in daily it's really encouraging and motivating for everyone else too. I think the more that we see other people check in, people of all running abilities in all different locations, doing different things with their time, it just keeps us all in it together. And I really hope that you stay safe and have a great run.